Welcome to Divine Light with Tiffany, where we will break down the many chapters in the Bible and discuss what they mean to us and how they apply to our lives. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to all my sisters and brothers in Christ. I am just so grateful and thankful that you can join me today and to be here with you all today. I have uh, a wonderful, I believe, an amazing topic and I'm just so excited to share it with you all today. So the burning question for today's episode is what do you do when your faith is put to the test and oh man I I just think this is just a this is a big topic here you know Um, there's just so many levels and so many depths uh, to this topic so I recall um, someone I won't say whom but someone asking me um, at uh, some point a while ago why does God test us? And to that, my response is, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know. I can't even say that I really even begin to, can begin to know the true reason of why we are tested. But what I do know is that for one, God is tested. We put God to the test so many times. How often is it that you or someone you know or, you know, you've heard someone say, well, well, you know, let's see. Well, let's see if God will or... You know, well, you know, I prayed for it or um, and almost as in a question of, well, can God do it? Will God do it? Um, He is tested every day, all day, you know, um, in our minds, even when we we don't say it, but we think it can God do this? Will he do that? Um, and uh, I know we discussed in another topic when I talked about big faith for a big God, you know, it's really up to us and what we choose to believe that our God can do, right? Where he tells us that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us right? So, I mean, in life, you know, we have, uh, think about even in your relationship with your spouse or significant other, of course, you know, for the most part, we believe wholeheartedly that, you know, our significant other will be true and, um, and will do what it is that he or she promised us. But there's always that nagging feeling deep down, right? Where 
sometimes something can come up and we just want to know that they will pass the test, right? So I can't say 100% why God chooses to test us, Um, but I believe just as we want to know that our loved ones will pass the test, maybe God wants to know as well that we will pass the test. So I believe that everyone who has ever heard of any story in the Bible, one of the stories, the, the main story that you've heard in the Bible, even if you have probably never touched a Bible, you have heard of the story of Adam and Eve in the very beginning, uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, when um, Adam and Eve were tested and the serpent, they were tested by the serpent because God t- told them for they could eat anything in the garden. They could eat of every tree except one tree, the tree of the knowledge of life and death. And the serpent decided to test that theory and to put into their mind and hearts that, oh, you know, he's just telling you that because he just doesn't want you to know. There's something that God is trying to keep from you and he doesn't want you to see it. He doesn't want you to be as as knowledgeable as he. And that's the only reason why he tells you not to eat from this tree. So, and if you truly think about that, and as we all know how the story goes, you know, they felt that test, right? But if you truly think about that and how that kind of apply in our lives, I mean, how many times have you thought to do something or even to not do something But then there's that other little voice in your head that tells you, well, why not? Well, why can't you do this? Well, yes, the Lord told you to go right. But I mean, the way to the left is, see, it's bright and it's sunny. It's beautiful. The path is clear. So what's really wrong with it? God is just telling you this because... He doesn't want you to see all that there is to see on that path to the left. So I know I'm not the only one. (laughs) I know I'm not the only one who has failed this test multiple times. And um, we go on to read in the Bible in Genesis uh, chapter 22, Abraham was tested Now, if you know the story of Abraham, then you know that him and his wife um, waited so long to be able to have a son. Um, You know, the Lord had promised them that they would, but they were old in years before they finally were able to conceive. And when they finally had their beloved son, Isaac, that God had blessed them with the promise the promise that he made to them God 
tested Abraham. And as we read in chapter uh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 9, it tells us, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now, let's just pause there because I really, I just really want you all to think about the gravity of that. I mean, just please put this into some sort of perspective here. If this is what you heard from the Lord, your beloved child, that he finally gave to you, the promise that he made to you, and he tells you to sacrifice that one child, I just, I don't know too many people who would continue on listening from there. But let's continue on. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Let's just pause there really quick. God himself will provide is what I is what Abraham responded. My sisters and brothers, how many times have you had that faith when you couldn't see a way, when you didn't know a way, but you knew in your heart that God will provide? Let's just continue on. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham went on to prepare the knife as he lifted the knife up to sacrifice his son. An angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. 
now that I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Amen. So why does the Lord test us? Is it so that we can prove our loyalty? Is it so that he knows and he sees that we will truly carry out whatever it is that we say in words, that we say with our mouth, or even what it is that we believe in our hearts that we will do? Will we truly, truly move forward and carry it out? Peter uh, told the Lord, one of uh, Jesus' disciples, people said, I will follow you even to the point of death. I will not turn away from you. And I believe in my heart, I know that Peter believed, he believed himself that that is exactly what he would do. But let's read on in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62, what happened and what the Lord told him. Because the Lord knew, he knew he, he knew Peter's heart. He knew that that's what he wanted to believe and that's what he wanted to do. But he told him, Peter, by the time the, uh, the clock strikes, uh, or uh, excuse me, by the time the uh, um, crow rooster, uh, the rooster crows today three times. You will, or, or but, oh, Lord, I'm messing this all up. Please forgive me. By the time the rooster crows today, you will have denied me three times. He said, three times. So listen to that. So so let's read on. Uh, this is when after Jesus was seized and to be taken to be crucified um, the next day. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I do not know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean, Peter replied. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Peter. 
And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Think about that, my sisters and brothers. How many times have you thought to yourself, Lord, I will do this. And you thought in your heart, this is what I will do for you. I want to do this. Lord, I want to do whatever it is that you would have me to do. But when it came down to it, and when you were tested, you could not pass the test. And you did exactly what you hoped and prayed you wouldn't do. And you went against what the Lord told you to do how many times my sisters and brothers because I'm telling you I've been there multiple times multiple times have I held my head down in shame because I truly wanted to do what the Lord had set out for me to do but it just didn't work out that way so I encourage you, my sisters and brothers, to read the book of Job. I'm telling you that there is no other book, I feel, in my opinion, that truly, truly uh, talks about and truly covers in depth um, of someone being tested as it does in the book of Job. The book of Job, and when we talk about the book of Job, and when we talk about Job and how he was tested, I I, I hear, I tend to hear a lot, you know, um, the beginning of the book being discussed and how when Job, Job was a man, he, you know, he had riches, he had a beautiful family, sons and daughters and wife, a wife, and he was a happy man. He was blessed and he was a blessing to others. And when the devil, when, when the Lord spoke of his son, Job, and, um, he said to the devil, he said to Satan, you know, what about my, my son, Job, for he is he is, I'm so proud of him. You know, have you thought about him? He will always, he will never forsake me. He He is a son that has made me so proud. And um, for there is no one like him on earth right now. And Satan decided to test that theory. And he said to God, oh, well, you have kept a hedge of protection around him. I mean, you've blessed him and You've done all these good things for him. I mean, so of course he, uh, you know, he he does what you, and he honors you. He does what you want him to do, and he honors you because you bless him. But put your hand, reach your hand and strike him down and see if he will still believe in you and still have faith in you and still give you the praise and so the Lord said okay well I I accept that challenge go ahead but do not touch the man 
You can touch all that he has, everything that he has, but do not touch the man. When on this day, Satan brought down Job's servants, his homes, his all he had lambs and all sorts of animals and his sons and his daughters, the, the um, Satan killed them, each and every single one of them, all at the same time, the same day, my sisters and brothers. I mean, truly imagine this. On the same day, everything he had, everything he cherished was taken from him. And when Job learned of this, he tore his robe. It says in Job chapter 1 verses 20 through 22, he tore his robe and shaved his head. He fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Now, when I hear someone speak of this book in the Bible, this is usually where it ends. But I want to dig a little deeper, my sisters and brothers, because in this book, when you read this book and you dive deeper into this book, You will learn that Job, it didn't stop there. Job was human just as we all are. And he suffered a great loss. And after his children and everything was taken from him, then was his health taken from him. He was struck down with an illness and a sickness and sores all over his body. So not only did he suffer everything being taken, but now also was his health taken. So Job was no was he was no robot. He he felt the pain, the emotions and everything that you can imagine after suffering this sort of loss. In sadness and despair, we read on in Job chapter 3 that he goes through wishing he was never born. He wished he was never born. He cursed the day that he was born. He cursed the day that it was said that a boy has been born and brought into this world. I mean, that is just how so many today suffer through depression and thoughts of suicide, right? That is just how it is. And that is just how he felt. He felt all of that. He too was a man and he felt those emotions of sadness and despair. And then as we read on in Job chapter 6, his sadness then turned to anger and frustration at God. Like how? 
How could you do this? How? How could you come to this conclusion? I have always served you. I have always been faithful. I have always been true. How? What type of justice is this? Now, I think about that, my sisters and brothers. Think about the injustices that we see around this world, that we see, that we think every day. We see good people being taken down, good people suffering, and we think the same. How, God, how is this justice? How is this fair? Why? We question, right? We question because we don't understand. Job felt all of that. And Job chapter 9, he goes on. His fear, his anger and frustration turns to fear. Now it's fear and separation from the Lord because now I don't even... I'm just afraid of you, Lord. I don't even know what kind of God you must be to do this, that to to, to do these things to the, the wicked and the good. I don't even, I, I, I just, I just, I'm in fear of the Lord because this can happen to me because I can suffer these things and go through these things. Think about that, my sisters and brothers. Just think about that. If you were to suffer such a loss, such a great loss, all the emotions and feelings and ups and downs and things that I just can't even imagine that would go through your mind, all the doubts everything, everything that you ever thought you knew would be tested. Everything that you thought that you knew to be correct, that you knew to be just, that you knew anything about the Lord is being tested right now. That is what Job went through. That is what he experienced during this time. So yes, yes, Job, in the beginning, of course, yes, he said, though he has slain me, yet will I still trust in him. But he too went through a sea of different emotions, just as we all would if we were tested in this way. And Job chapter 38 is when we begin to see Job experience, uh, uh, display emotions of remorse and regret. Now, now listen, this is went from Job chapter nine all the way to chapter 38. So my sisters and brothers, that's a lot of chapters in between there that he went through questioning and wondering and everything questioning God so that that's a long time right that's many chapters we've went through where he questioned God and now we see in chapter 38 God answers Job and let me tell you 
my sisters and brothers. When God answers Job, oh, trust and believe that he puts him back into his rightful place. In Job chapter 40, verses 2 and through 14, it says, the Lord says, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice. But I will say no more. And then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's and can your voice thunder like his Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at all who are proud and bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble them. Crush the wicked where they stand. Bury them in all the dust together. Shroud their faces in the grave. Then I myself will admit to you that your own right hand can save you. Oh, I encourage you, my sisters and brothers, please, please go on to read Job for yourself. The whole book, please read the whole book. But if nothing else, read definitely chapters 38 Uh, through pretty much the end of the book there because oh God says so much more than this he says so much more and as a matter of fact let's read a little bit what he says in uh, chapter 38 because God truly truly um, goes on to just show Job that You think you know, but you don't know. The Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Across it. On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb? When I made the cloud its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no further, here is where your proud waves halt. 
Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. I'm not going to keep reading. I'm just going to let you all read for yourself the rest of that but I'm telling you right now (laughs) I don't know who could hear that and come back with a response that is even worthy to the Lord because you ask why are we tested why Lord do you test me And the Lord has an answer. (laughs) So please, my sisters and brothers, I encourage you, read the book of Job for yourself. For there's just so much that you will be enlightened by. Job then goes on to uh, uh, to finally uh, feelings and emotions and brings himself low into a feeling of humbleness, acceptance, and healing, and bowing himself before the Lord, realizing that, Lord, I don't know. I thought I knew, but I don't. I know nothing. But, Lord, you do. And I forgive me for ever questioning you. We read in Job chapter 42, verses 10 through 17, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted him and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. He, and he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemimiah, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuch. Now nowhere, nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughter, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived a hundred and forty years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. 
And so Job died, an old man and full of years. So I encourage you, again, please read the book of Job. If nothing else, um, if you don't have the um, Bible app, download the Bible app. Because I love the Bible app. It's absolutely amazing. And you can just go to the book of Job and you could just hit play and let the, them just play the book for you while you just listen and take it all in. It's a long book, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's just so many complexities and, and just uh, ups and downs of emotions that we can only imagine if we were tested in this way. So anyways, I know this has been sort of probably a lot long podcast, but I thank you so much for sticking with me. Um, and uh, just um, I, I pray that everyone enjoyed and that you've gotten something out of it, that it has inspired and encouraged you in some way um, is my prayer. So we will end as we always do with uh, Matthew's chapter 5, verses 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. To all, have a blessed weekend or week ahead, depending on whenever you are listening to this. And until next time, until we meet again, let the divine light shine in you.